0: Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today and tell them Locked On sent you. We have a lot to talk about on this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Titans podcast, but we obviously have to start with the elephant in the room, and that is my voice. So yesterday, it was obvious my voice is not up to par right now for a multitude of reasons, but I appreciate not only your guys' support and well wishes, but also the lighthearted teasing that I got in the comment section. Either way, obviously, I am still on the mend. I'm feeling... A little bit better, hoping it sounds a little bit better, but either way, the show must go on. And speaking of the show, I have a great show planned out for you guys. I had a great idea from my guy, Sean Salvatore, on Twitter. He wanted me to go over what, I guess, the doomsday scenario for the Titans would be this season if everything went wrong. And quite frankly, that's a little too negative to do an entire show about. So I took that one idea and kind of jazzed it up a little bit here. And what I want to do is, I want to talk first about what the most optimal outcome for the Titans is this year. What I think their ceiling will be this year. What is the best possible version of the Tennessee Titans in 2021? And then what I want to do is talk about what the most realistic outcome is for the titans what is most likely to happen based on what we know and then of course my shout out to sean we will at the end of the show take a look at what that doomsday scenario for the titans would entail but right before i got on to do the show about 10 minutes before i hit record the titans dropped a bomb with a bunch of Of roster news, we got a Julio Jones restructure for his contract. We got a ton of practice squad changes. So I'm going to go through all of those roster moves and roster pieces of news for you guys first. Then we will go into the conversation about the best possible outcome, the most realistic outcome, and then the worst possible outcome for the Titans this year. So a big-time edition of the Locked On Titans podcast on a Wednesday. Let's get it Titans fans, before we dive into all of today's news, just want to remind you guys, I'm going to be putting out daily Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content, not only during the regular season, but all year long. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Also, subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube page. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my videos go live. We are going to dive right into this roster news. I'm going to push through as hard as I can for as long as I can for you guys. So, number one, the big news of the day the Titans restructured Julio Jones's contract. Initially, coming onto the team, Julio was set to make $15.3 million. What the Titans did is they took $14 $14 million of that and they converted it to signing bonus rather than being salary. So what that's going to do is that is going to reduce how much Julio Jones hits the Tennessee Titans salary cap this year. So you're going to get about $14 million of savings there, but you're going to ask yourself, well, what happens to that money? Well, when you convert salary to signing bonus, the signing bonus money gets spread throughout the rest of the contract. So they divide by how many years are left. So for Julio Jones, he had three years left on his contract originally, which would have been $2.8 million or $4.3 million per season. But what the Titans did, a little bit of cap uh, magic, you could call it. Vin Marino, the Titan salary cap guy, Got to tip your cap to Vin on this one. But what they did was they basically added two ghost years or void years, as people like to call them in the media. They added two void years onto the back end of Julio Jones's contract. There are years that don't really count, but for salary cap purposes, they are there. So now, rather than splitting that $14 million throughout three years, they split it throughout five years. So Julio Jones's bonus is going to cost the Titans $2.8 million for the next five years. So there's a good chance after the original three years of the contract that Julio Jones is not on the Titans anymore, and they will still have some dead cap there from doing this. They're basically uh, moving that money into the future to give them more money right now. Either way, the Titans basically have cleared up $14 million of salary cap to go along with what they already had. And what this does is, I, I don't want people to think the Titans have some big roster move that's coming. They're not going to make a, a big trade for Stefan Gilmore or a T.J. Watt from the Steelers who's having a contract dispute. What this does is, this salary cap, the Titans had about $3 million coming into the day. So, this extra salary cap space for the Titans, and yes, I said they cleared out $14 million of Julio Jones's salary in the signing bonus, but you got to tack on that 2.8 signing bonus that gets spread out over the five years. So the Titans really saved themselves $11 million by doing this with Julio Jones. They had about $3 million in salary cap already. So that's what gets them to that 14 figure. And the reason that Titans general manager, John Robinson would want to do this now Guys, the roster may be set, but the transactions aren't done. The Titans are going to have to make additional signings after guys get hurt, go on the COVID list, injuries, everything. The Titans still need to make more moves throughout the year, and you have to have yourself a little bit of a buffer to do that. Not only that, I like to call it rollover minutes in the NFL, but essentially any salary cap you don't use, up to 30 million dollars can be rolled over to the next year. So when John Robinson originally took over the Titans team, the Titans roster had nobody worth paying. It was it was desolate out there in terms of talent. So John Robinson rolled over about 20 to 30 million dollars the first two years he was the GM of the Titans and can use those rollover minutes next year. So let's say the Titan Jews you know, six or seven million of that 14 million this season making moves later in the year. Well, they can roll over that seven, six, eight million that's left into next year. And who knows? Maybe that helps you get Jayon Brown, Harold Landry locked up to long-term contracts. Who knows what that could result in? So that's why the Titans did that. There were more roster moves. On Wednesday as well. So the Titans were sitting at 52 on the roster going into Tuesday. Waiting for the return of Ben Jones and Nate Davis from the COVID list. Well, to make that extra spot open and get them down to 51... They waived safety Bradley McDougal, which if you were paying attention to yesterday's show, I told you guys, I thought McDougal was the number one candidate to get cut for that extra roster spot, along with Racy McMath, Matthias Farley, and Nick DeZubnar. The Titans ultimately do want to keep DeZubnar as that fifth inside linebacker and only have four safeties. So... McDougal is cut, but the Titans are bringing Bradley McDougal back to the practice squad. And speaking of the practice squad, the Titans opened up that spot on the practice squad by cutting offensive lineman Derwin Gray. Now, the Titans, along with Bradley McDougal, also added Corey Levin, the center, and defensive back Chris Jones to the practice squad. Now, I hate to pat myself on the back here, but those are roster moves that we talked about that the Titans would most likely make earlier in the week and at the end of last week when I did the visual aid with the roster. So these are not, I'm not giving myself a bunch of credit. I'm just saying these were expected moves for the Titans. Also, speaking of the practice squad, the Titans are protecting only two players. You're allowed to protect four, which means another team can't steal a player off your practice squad and put them on their active roster. The Titans are protecting Matt Barkley at quarterback. Makes sense. You can't risk losing a guy who knows your offense and knows your system if something were to happen. And they are also protecting tight end Michael Pruitt. And like I said earlier in last week, I think the Titans are eventually going to sign Michael Pruitt to the active roster after week two because he is a veteran who has played in the NFL More than four years, he's a vested veteran. And that means if you sign him week one to the 53, his salary is guaranteed for the whole year. If you sign him in week two to the active roster, it's not guaranteed for the whole year. So just salary cap loopholes left and right here. But that is all of the transactions that you need to know that the Titans made on Tuesday. We're going to talk about some Tennessee Titans season outcomes next. What is the best possible outcome? For the Tennessee Titans this year. And Titans fans, spoiler alert, I see a Super Bowl trophy. Before we get into that, I do want to remind you guys that the best place to bet on pro and college football this fall is at betonline.ag. They have all of the updated odds, props, and contests. They have the internet's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest NFL Survivor Contest, and they're both open now at betonline.ag. Not only that, but, ooh, nice little voice crack there in the BetOnline ad read. Not only that, but you got to take advantage of their opening day super promo. If you make a bet on the opening game of the year between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers, even if you lose... They will refund you up to $25. That is for new customers when you use the promo code NFL100. But that's not the only promo code I got for you. Go to betonline.ag right now, sign up for free, and use the promo code locked on. That's one word locked on. And when you make your first deposit, you're going to get a 100% welcome bonus. Once again, that is promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Betonline your online sportsbook experts. Let's dive right back in to today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We just talked about all of the roster moves that the Titans made on Tuesday as they get ready for their game against the Cardinals this weekend. Now I want to talk about the most optimistic outcome for the Titans This season. Before we get into that, quick reminder check me out on social media on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. I do a ton of film content during the season. If you want to get smarter about what the Titans are actually doing out on the field, you have to follow me at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter so you can check out the visual film breakdowns that I put up to go along with all of the scheme talk that we're going to do on the show throughout the week. Also, follow the show page. On Facebook at locked on Titans pod. But talking about the most optimistic outcome for the Titans this season, like I kind of hinted at in our first segment, let's be honest. The Titans have a good enough team this year to win the Super Bowl. If everything goes right, the talent is there. So let's talk about what actually would need to go right. What would it look like for the Titans? to win a Super Bowl? Well, number one, 14-3. 14-3 with losses coming at Los Angeles Rams, at Seattle Seahawks. Those are just two really tough games on the West Coast against teams you don't play very often. The, The Rams game is prime time. Also, the Titans could lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. I would rather lose to the Chiefs in the regular season than lose to them in the playoffs. So, the Titans aren't going to go undefeated, even with the best possible season that we could have. The Titans aren't going to go undefeated. They're not that good to do that, even if they're good enough to win the Super Bowl. So 14-3 and with a Super Bowl championship. I think that would result in the number one seed for the Titans, which would get them that, that first round bye. It would get them home field throughout the AFC playoffs until they get to the Super Bowl. Also, in route to accomplishing all those things, I do think what it would take is Derrick Henry rushing for 2,000 yards again. I don't know that he'd break the rushing record. I don't know that he would beat what he ran for last year. But I think Derrick Henry, if he runs for 2,000 yards again, not only would that be the best possible outcome for the Titans, but Derrick Henry would win MVP. There's no way that you can rush for 2,000 yards two years in a row, have your team be the number one seed in the AFC, and not get MVP. So, Derrick Henry, MVP. I think that Julio Jones and AJ Brown in this scenario would get over 2,400 receiving yards. I would say AJ Brown with about 1,300, Julio Jones with about 1,100. They probably combined for about 20 touchdowns on the year, with AJ Brown getting about 12, Julio getting about eight. I think that's what it would look like. Nate Davis. On the offensive line, an all-pro jump. So, yeah, we know Roger Saffold is a top-eight guard. We know Taylor Lewan is a top-eight left tackle. We know that Ben Jones is a top-12 center. Well, I think that Nate Davis jumping into a top-eight, top-five guard in the league and having those four studs on the offensive line, I think that that would make a lot of sense as well. And while we're talking about offense, all of the little things that I'm hoping to see from Todd Downing more RPO, read pass option, more screen game, more matchup hunting. I think all of those things would play out to the Titans' favor. Uh, I think that would be the best possible outcome for this Titans' offense. Continue the the role that they were on and then add some other wrinkles as well. On the defensive side of the ball, the Titans' defense would have to be top 12, even in the most optimistic version of the Titans season that I could possibly put together. I can't have the Titans defense being more than top 12. They simply just don't have the talent to be better than that. But a top 12 defense with a top three offense, that's the makings of a Super Bowl team. And what I think would be more important is if the Titans pass rush totally exploded and they were top 10 in sacks. The Titans have a lot of youth in the secondary, especially at cornerback. So I'm not going to count on the Titans to be a coverage based team. But with the addition of Danico Autry, with the addition of Bud Dupree, with Jeffrey Simmons taking a step up, with Tyre Tart taking a step up, uh, also Larell Murchison looking like he's an improved player, Derek Roberson, Rashad Weaver. I think the Titans have the talent, if things break right, to be top 10 in sacks. And if this team was led by the pass rush, I think it would help the coverage out so much that it would allow the Titans to be a top 12 defense In the league, I think they would need a a great season from Elijah Molden in the slot. The Titans don't have any natural slot cornerbacks. So I think that having Elijah Molden step up and be a starter in the slot in that nickel defense, I think that would be very crucial for the Titans to reach these heights that I'm talking about. Also, Shane Bowen just has to be good. Everyone's worried about Shane. Shane Bowen would just have to be a good defensive coordinator, much better than Mike Vrabel. Good game plans, coverage, match in the pass rush, communication improved. The Titans really need their two coordinators to be good. There's no other way around it. That that would be the key to getting all of this to work together. Also, have to mention here, Sam Thicken. Sam Ficken would have to be great as the kicker. The Titans can't lose any games to crazy kicker stuff or crazy special teams, blunders like they did last year. Special teams needs to be solid. Also, I think Jayon Brown and Kevin Byard on defense would have to get back to playing the best football they've ever played, like 2018 versions of themselves. So hopefully we're able to see that. I think if all of that happens, heck, probably if even 75% of that happens, the Titans are well on their way to their first Super Bowl victory ever, and boy... Would that be great? I'm going to tell you guys right now, if the Titans win a Super Bowl, I'm pouring myself a tall glass of gin and tonic. I'm sitting here and we are crying and screaming and celebrating for an hour after that Super Bowl. If it takes place, mark it down. I promise you that. But let's move forward to maybe the less fun conversations in this uh, segment scenario that I've laid out. We're going to talk about what I think is actually the most realistic outcome for the Titans. And we're also going to talk about what I think would be the worst possible outcome for the Titans, a nightmare scenario. Before we dive into that, do want to let you guys know, this is kind of a season prediction in a way tomorrow on, um, well, not tomorrow per se, but later on in this week, I am going to do a complete kind of season prediction from a statistical standpoint, what I think all the different players are going to put up statistic-wise along with the offense. Give you my final season record prediction as well. So we're going to dive into all of that later in the week. Got crossover Thursday with the guys from the Cardinals coming up on Thursday. You are not going to want to miss that. Friday, I'm going to have a game preview. Friday, I'm going to do something a little special. Saturday, I got a little bit something special. So as the season rolls on, you're going to get a lot more content, especially on the Locked on Titans YouTube channel. So make sure that you subscribe over there and check that out. But before we move into the rest of our show, just want to remind you guys about rockauto.com. rockauto.com is an online company that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Their online catalog is really easy to use, really easy to navigate. You can see all the parts, all the different brands, all the different prices that you could ever choose from. Few easy clicks get you whatever you need delivered directly to your door. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also. I wanna tell you guys about Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live. You got another one that lets you catch all your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, I wanna tell you there is a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites puts them all together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. We are going to cap off this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, talking about the other possible outcomes for the Titans outside of the most optimistic. We got to do the most realistic and then, of course, the most pessimistic. But either way, before we get into that, just want to tell you guys about the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You're going to get daily picks, blowout specials, Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Check out the Locked On Bets podcast presented by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. So number one, the most realistic scenario I think for the Titans is going 11 and six, being the AFC South champions, being the division crown wearers once again. I think we could see Tannehill with a slight regression from the last two years, but I don't think that that would hurt the Titans in any way. If the Titans offense regresses even just a little bit, and then the defense improves, that could make for a better football team overall going into the playoffs. So I think that is likely. And with that, I think Derrick Henry gets about 1500 yards. I think if, if things go this way, the Titans don't want to give Derrick Henry too many carries. They really don't want to do that. So I think limiting Derrick Henry's carries compared to the previous two years, getting him right around 1500 yards, it may not be as flashy as getting that 2k, but I think it could be better for the team. And it's also very realistic. There is a realistic chance here that, you know, veterans that the Titans have brought onto the team, like Julio Jones, like Bud Dupree, could deal with some injuries. I'm not saying that it's going to be serious, but they'll probably miss a few weeks being banged up. It's just the way that it goes. Also, I think it is realistic that the right tackle position just isn't great, and it causes the Titans to have some troubles in key areas like running the ball, like pass protection. And right now, with David Questenberry set as the starter, logically speaking, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that that is the most likely outcome is that the Titans do struggle at right tackle and it puts a little bit of a damper on the offense. There's a very good possibility that the tight end talent just isn't good enough and the Titans switch from going from a heavy tight end offense to a heavy wide receiver offense maybe isn't what's best for their play style. I think that's very likely. Anthony Ferkser is not a good enough blocker to be an every-down tight end. Jeff Swaim is not a good good enough pass catcher to be an every-down tight end. They didn't really replace Jonu Smith with anybody with a similar skill set, not that you can completely mirror the skill set that Jonu Smith has. It's pretty unique in the NFL, but the versatility of having a guy who can block and catch pretty well, the Titans just really don't have that Right now, So that could hurt the offense as well. On the defensive side of the ball, we all hope that the Titans pass rush is improved. But Bud Dupree was probably the fourth best pass rusher on his team the last few years. So it's very likely that he's nowhere near as good as he was in Pittsburgh when he's the top dog. Also, Titans just for some reason love dropping Harold Landry back into coverage when he's a pure pass rusher. So if they do that crap again, that could hurt the Titans pass rush. Uh, If Jeffrey Simmons doesn't take a leap into being not only a great run defender, but also a great pass rusher as well, then there's the likelihood that he could just be stagnant and he could still be a damn good football player. But that doesn't mean that he's going to help the Titans significantly get better in the pass rush. So if that happens, the Titans could be in a a tough spot in terms of improving the defense. Like I mentioned earlier, a ton of youth in the secondary. There is a chance that Caleb Farley is never good enough in his rookie year because he missed last year of college football. Elijah Molden still is a rookie. He does have deficiencies. He's not the most athletic guy ever. He's not the biggest guy ever, although I have a lot of faith in him. Maybe he's just not ready to go in his rookie year either. And then Christian Fulton, we all want Christian Fulton to be good, but he wasn't great last year in his limited time. And maybe as a second-round pick, the Titans just didn't get a starter in that pick. Those are all within the realm of possibility for the Titans. And you have Nashville hot thick and, Sam Ficken as the kicker and there was a reason that Ficken was available when he was available to the Titans so although he's kicked very well in the preseason I mean maybe he misses a few kicks just because he's not one of the best kickers in the NFL the Titans are no stranger to kicking struggles so that's definitely a realistic possibility but like I said the most realistic outcome for me 11 and 6 AFC South champs I know a lot of that didn't sound great but I still think the Titans could be a really good team with all that happening. Quickly, going to go through the nightmare scenario. Sean, you made me do this. Everyone blames Sean. I'm just kidding. Don't be toxic. Good segment idea, and I appreciate it, Sean. But either way, I think the worst possible outcome for the Titans here is like five and twelve. I, I think. Well, five and thirteen. Let's go six and twelve. Six and twelve. Or I'm crazy. I'm losing my mind. My voice. It's all crazy. Five and twelve. I think is a possible outcome for the Titans here, and what would that look like? Well, it pains me to go through it, so I'm going to do it quick. I mean, what if Tannehill turns back into Miami Tannehill? I I mean, I don't think that's going to happen at all, but I mean, it could be the case. Also, I just got to mention this. If Derrick Henry gets hurt, if all those carries weigh on him and he gets hurt, the Titans are screwed. Let's be honest. If there's one player that the Titans could not afford to lose and remain competitive for any amount of time, it's Derrick Henry. Some people may say Ryan Tannehill, and that that could, that could be the case. Uh, that's a good argument. I'm not going to say that you're wrong. But Derrick Henry is the engine to the offense. Even if him and Tannehill complement each other, more people are scared of Derrick Henry than they are of Ryan Tannehill. And the fear of Derrick Henry is what has unlocked Ryan Tannehill. So... If Derrick Henry got hurt because of all the wear and tear of the last few years with the carries, that would be a doomsday scenario for the Titans. Also, you know, some people are down on Julio Jones. Some people are worried about his injury history and how he's going to continue in his mid-30s. If they're right, then that could be rough. A.J. Brown was hurt all last year. He experienced some mild discomfort during training camp. If that pops up, Obviously, the Titans are in a bad spot. Injury is the number one thing that could derail the season, but the the Titans aren't alone in that. If you pick the top three players on any NFL team and said, hey, what if this guy gets hurt? Well, they're probably not going to have as good of a year. So I I don't think I'm breaking any news by saying that. Now, some more realistic things that could happen. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but what if the tight end talent just screws the Titans? I mean, if Anthony Firkster were to get hurt, Who's catching the ball at tight end? Who's there to even be worried about? Tommy Hudson? Jeff Swaim? Nah, that that would be terrible. Also, what if right tackle was a disaster? What if Questenberry, disaster? Kendall Lamb, Tyson Brillo. I mean, these are backup offensive linemen in the NFL, not bona fide starters. And Dylan Radins just isn't ready to go at all? I mean, that could, that could be terrible for the Titans. Also, like I hinted on last time, what if Bud Dupree just ain't that guy? Sorry, pal. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. Uh, either way, I, I mean, I think it's in the realm of possibility there that Bud Dupree just looked good because he was the fourth best pass rusher for the Steelers. And that would be bad news for the Titans who paid him $34 million guaranteed over the next two years. Also, uh, everybody else other than Danico Altry is just a holdover from last year's team that was historically bad at getting sacked. So. That would be a nightmare. What if both coordinators take the Titans in the wrong way? Uh, Kevin Bayer doesn't get back to his all-pro form at all. The youth in the secondary just doesn't have it. And what if Sam Ficken just sucks? I mean, he sucked previously and that's how he didn't have a job. Although he's been good, it's definitely in the realm of possibility that the Titans are sitting there in the middle of the year wishing they could get Steven Goskowski back. So, uh, I don't think that that's the most realistic scenario, but if everything went wrong for the titans that's kind of what it would look like but that's going to do it for me today folks i appreciate all of you guys hanging with me while i get through this uh this voice issue that's going to do it for me today as always i am your host tyler Rowland, and this was locked on Titans.